Welcome to the Ambitious Leader Podcast, the podcast for you leaders with big ambitions to help you reach more in an easier way. So if you have the feeling that the sweat you put in and the results you get out are not in line, then it's probably a good idea to listen and learn. The host of the show is Dennis Fredericks. And we're ready to go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back for another episode of the Ambitious Leader podcast. Today is one of those chat episodes where I invite a guest, in this case, two guests, Ivan and Elena. And, uh, well, all the guests that I invite in this Ambitious Leader podcast, they are, of course, ambitious leaders. And in this case, it's not different uh, because Ivan and Elena, they are both the founders of Besseren. And, uh, well, because of the, that, the fact that they are founders, it's clear that they are leaders as well and Besseren is a very innovative company so they are very ambitious as well. Thank you for joining us and welcome in the podcast Ivan and Elena. Thank you, good to be here. A pleasure Dennis, thank you very much for inviting us. You're welcome, you're welcome. Well let's immediately dive in. Uh, I already named the company Besseren um, which is also a bit of a special name so uh, what can you tell us about about Besseren? What, what is it that you do and, and why do you exist? <laughs> okay for the name Elena just allow me that one. That's all for the you. name it comes from the fact that I I grew up in Switzerland in the French side, but obviously I had to pay a little bit of attention to German because when you are in high school, you have to learn German. Besser, in fact, we took the name because it's a German word that means to improve. And that's how we got inspired for what, what became uh, Besser. For the rest is Elena. She is the boss. <laughs> He's being too kind this morning to me. Um, so the, the big ambition behind Bestern is really to provide fulfillment at work to as many people as possible within the next two years. Frankly speaking, we have a number in mind and it's about 1 million people that we're looking to impact. Um, but it's, it's really just around how can we help people thrive in their careers? How can we help them enjoy what they do? Because we truly believe that you can have fulfilling careers. You can have a career that excites you and and that is kind to your well-being as well. So well-being is a big part of what we focus on with Bestern. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll tell, I'll, tell, I'll tell, I guess, a quick personal story. And I know Yvonne has one too. So it started for us with kind of just, I mean, for me personally, it was, you know, kind of working and changing careers continuously. So I've gone through more career changes than I care to admit. <laughs> um, and, and it was kind of like just trying to find that one thing and not being stuck. And I was always kind of looking, how can I find that purpose in what I do, right? So avoiding kind of going towards a traditional route of what education offers and the traditional routes that are available to you. How can I design a career that works for me? How can I do something I truly enjoy? And I felt like there was always more to a job than just simply going in for the sake of making money, right? So that was kind of, you know, so it was always like this curiosity that, you know, how can we, you know, I'm sure there's a way to we have fulfilling careers and still make money and and take care of our well-being. There has to be that. So, and this is kind of uh, from, from my perspective. Yvonne, tell your story. Okay. My story is a little bit kind of different. So I start by doing 17 years in the corporate world in different places, in fact, Dennis. So I started in Switzerland, then I moved to Spain and I was constantly traveling. And I ended up, in fact, in Dubai, where I have spent like six years with this company. Um, and then the moment came that I 
realized that I wasn't taking care of myself correctly. Mm -hmm. And the consequence happened that it was a burnout, a deep burnout that lasted three to four months. Mm -hmm. Thanks enough, in fact, I had my family, my friends, Elena, my body, to, <laughs> to help me go through this, uh, through this period. But, you know, the, the realization that you can be super ambitious, that you can be continuously working on, on self-improvement, on, on becoming better, to, to, to step up your, uh, to your career. Um, and I have the impression that I succeeded to, 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 to reach a, a good point of my career where I was satisfied about, about my career, but not satisfied about the, the person that I was becoming. Mm -hmm. And maybe that is what triggered uh, this, uh, this burnout. Often we, we believe that the burnout comes because you are working too much. Mm -hmm. it, it's certainly not true. It's when there is this mismatch between your personal beliefs and the, and the beliefs of the corporation where everything becomes painful. Everything mm -hmm. becomes like an extra effort. And then this is the state where you start just looking at the screen and not being capable to be at your mental best. And that's what triggered the idea and the, the, the big discussions that we had with Elena about how can we do it better? What can we do in order to help people that more and more are going through the same path as me? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that was a shared passion, I think, that came out and that you then wanted to build something on. Um, but could it also have been something else? <laughs> because it, it's perhaps a bit a strange question, um, but I always look at it as, as, especially as an entrepreneur, you have your own ambition, your own life satisfaction path, to call it like that. And then you have the part of the company and at a certain point they, they cross and in that sweet spot that's where the magic happens of course because that's where your own path of happiness and the the the, the goal path of the the company they are crossing and everything comes together um so as elena told it you were both searching for something that where that those paths were crossing and mm. then besson was born but could it also have happened that something else was born if our past history would have been different, yes, something else could have uh, been born. Mm -hmm. let, let me tell you in particular, while I was still working in corporate, I was experimenting to get to know what do I want to become if I'm not part of a corporation. And I was experimenting several, several ideas. Uh, but because what triggered it was my personal experience through the burnout, through my mental, personal mental health, I don't think that could, it could have been something else. I don't think that I would find fulfillment, mm -hmm. the sense of purpose, that what, what we do as a meaning. Elena said it quite well. This idea of helping one million people within two years is something that has become kind of an obsession for us. Mm -hmm. And you know, when you have these type of obsessions, timing, time, time that you spend working and so on, doesn't count anymore. And you just do it because you feel that you want to contribute to lead to leave a mark in the society, to help people who will be going through the same path if they don't take care of themselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. And then if we make it very practical, you want to help those people, uh, but what is it exactly? How are they going to be helped? So something that, <clears throat> that we understood uh, uh, early on, that the, the major ch uh, challenge for people uh, in corporation is that we learn by acquiring knowledge. 
So what we believe is that people, in order to, uh, to change behavior, they need to have an action. But it's not as easy. There was just this, this idea up in the air that we had. And we spent a lot of, a lot of time, Elena and I, to, to, to dig in research uh, on how the brain processes information, how the, the brain uh, can uh, and support us in, in terms of having the motivation, having the uh, certain rituals so that knowledge becomes behavior. So we dug a lot of, of time on, on that. And once we understood certain patterns in, in, uh, in terms of the brain research that we have worked together with some researchers, but we have also read a lot in, in terms of the research to, uh, in order to come up with a model that will help people uh, combine. I know something and once I know, we are going to help them go through a, create a process where they are going to be practicing in a small bites, uh, and, and this is the kind of the, the, the strength that we that that we found in our model. At the beginning, the model was purely uh, without technology. Today, we have technology, but to, at, at that moment, we had to validate with many research, with 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 numbers, to quantify if it has results or not, or is just an illusion that we that we have created. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't mention it, but this is something that you know. Then is I am an engineer. Numbers are the ones to, that needs to be proving mm. that something has an impact or not. It, it cannot be just thought feelings. Mm. And maybe that's that's how one of the things that make us a little bit different is that we try to quantify as much as possible the impact of what we do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. to add to that as well, I think what we found uh, that was missing and and just in, in in our field right now is that personal support. So that's something that we found very important that in addition to kind of helping people acquire that knowledge and apply it, they also need support. So as much as there's a lot of automated tools and such things, there's also, you know, technology also allows us to make it accessible for many at the convenience of their time, no matter where they are, you know, whether they're traveling or for business or they're at home on their couch, wherever they may be, they have support to an actual human uh, person that they can chat with about whatever it is that they're learning in case they get stuck. So that was a big part of, of kind of what we thought was missing that's needed uh, because we all need that soundboard, essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Wow, nice, nice. Sounds very, very good. And um, I, I'm totally with you on, on because actually we're more or less on the same path, of course. <laughs> the things that you are trying to achieve and the things that, that we at the Happiness Factory are trying to achieve is, is very much in line. We just approach it a little bit different, but the end goal is the same thing. And that's that's always beautiful to yeah, to discover people who are doing the same thing, but in a different way. That's why meeting you, Dennis, it was quite amazing because we had we had finally someone with whom to discuss this topic, to to, to share our our common goal. And that's amazing, Dennis. I really chance has played a big role, but it is good. <laughs> Thank you very much. I feel appreciated. <laughs> okay, well, that was about the company and what makes the, the company more unique. Uh, because, well, in the end, everybody, of course, is uh, trying to change something in the world. Uh, but you are really measuring it. So that makes it very tangible. Um, but what is more important right now, if we're talking about ambitious leaders, is also your role into this. Uh, because in the end, it's it's your baby, of course you have created it um so tell me a bit more about your your own personal ambitions 
<laughs> where to start? <laughs> um, listen, it's a great, a great question. Um, I, I, I think I speak for both Yvonne and I when I say that we we have bigger plans than we 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 don't we're not even sure how we're going to achieve some of the things we've set to ourselves to achieve. To be honest, but we're definitely on the right path, and we're just. I, th- I think we just believe so much. I mean, again, I have to bring it back to Bestern, but I believe so. We believe so much, and what we do with Bestern that um, you know, yes, we're starting with that one million people in two years, but I think it kind of goes beyond that um, on on a personal level. Um, and this is something that we've expanded into. Um, I'm also very big on education. So one of the things that we've recently kind of ventured out in uh, with Bestern is the education space. So not only working with corporations, but also going to the education space. Mm-hmm. So personally, that's something that I, I, I really want to focus on is to really kind of make uh, education, learning uh, accessible and affordable um, or just alone, let's say, make it accessible to, to underprivileged kids, underprivileged youth around the world. Mm-hmm. So that's my personal ambition. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know it's very much aligned as well with Yvonne and kind of what we do with Western. So it's, um, so the, the, uh, I mean, from my side, that's what I would have to say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, nice. Thank you. Thank you. Um, Denise, from my side, I, I mean, it, it is already what, what Elena mentioned, but we have a short life. If, if, now let's be a little bit uh, European uh, uh, thinking about this meaning of life. It, it is, we, we have a short life. And what is the point if you have lived a life just to fulfill the need of the financial needs, the, uh, uh, and, and, and to enjoy just the, just the moment without the sense of purpose, without the sense of, of that your life can have a meaning only if it can impact other people. Mm-hmm. And that's the good questions. So, and personally for me, it was like a big, <clears throat> a big difficulty, a big challenge to jump from the corporate world to, uh, to entrepreneurship. And the main reason being that, like the main reason for a lot of people, money, money hooks you, money is going to pull you down towards any dreams that you, you may ever ever have. So there will always be the fear, what if I don't have so much money? Mm. The only regret that I have today, why I didn't do it earlier. I mm. could have avoided a mental health issue. I could have started to do something that is meaningful earlier on. That's the, that's the, only, uh, the only regret. So the drive for, for me is, is, is to have this, uh, this sense that we are doing something that will have an impact in lives, that we are doing something that is going to make us happy, that when we finish the day, we can sleep in our bed without having this problem of having a to-do list in your head. It is because you feel that you have accomplished your day. Mm-hmm. Nothing to do with mysticism, nothing to do with religion. It is about yourself and how you justify your own existence to the rest of the world. Yeah. And that makes you fulfilled. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what else is interesting is that Yvonne and I we we came together quite randomly actually. So we were we were friends for years before we jumped into this venture. Mm-hmm. And I remember we used to sit around the kitchen table quite often, you know, just you know with 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 other people, just friends, you know, just having chats. And it became quite obvious that we we're both super passionate about learning and development and education and what the future looks like and 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 these kind of well-being aspects and just how the corporate world this run and all of these things so and you know and we when we first kind of um 
before we joined forces, we were already kind of testing and experimenting in our own way with different kind of ideas and thoughts. Mm -hmm. And little did I know that Ivana was actually testing me that whole time. I didn't even realize <laughs> it, but it came it came very naturally and very organically that relationship, and it really just kind of came out again from that 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 need that, that we saw in the market essentially and we said there's got to be better ways to do this and having you know Ivan of course is uh, originally from Peru grew up in Switzerland lived in Dubai for seven living in Dubai now for seven years I'm from Russia grew up in the U.S. living in Dubai for seven years between him and I we probably covered uh, I don't know how many countries at this point in terms of where we've been and we found that at the end of the day no matter where you come from when it comes to working life, when it comes to education and learning and application of knowledge, we all struggle with the same things, uh, more or less, as human beings. So I think it just kind of, it just made sense. And it, you know, as, as earlier you were mentioning, it was very important for us to align our kind of personal experience with 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 creating something. And that's exactly how it came about. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I think that's, that's kind of where the beauty of Bessern is, because it was just... It, it came so naturally to us that, and as Ivan said, it's just, you know, we're willing to like, we're working, you know, all the time, like seven days a week, you know, and, and, and we don't even feel the time go because we genuinely believe in what we're doing. And we've believed it in since day one, since those dinner conversations that you know, <laughs> looking back, I wouldn't have ever imagined this is where we'll be. Uh, it was just a conversation, right? Um, but here we are. <laughs> and and how how is it? Because um, that's that's something that always intrigues me. Uh, you start as friends, and then you end up having a company together, uh, which is a very nice and, and and very organic way to do it. But at the same time, I can imagine that it also has some sort of an impact on the relationship because then suddenly you are more than friends. You are co-owners or co-founders together. Um, it's almost a bit like being friends and then starting a relationship with each other. Then also something changes because then you're, yeah, are you still friends? No, we're, we're, or you're, we're married. It's beyond, yeah, it's, be, yeah. it's, it's beyond that. But the only reason it's working is because we won. <laughs> he, put, he puts up with me. He puts up with me. Um, no, it is. It is. Uh, and you know what, what? Every time I would read stuff about like co-founders and they always say, don't go into business with your friends. Mm -hmm. And I think that we are quite unique in that. Um, I think we're beyond friends for sure. Like uh, Yvonne is my family at this point. But um, but I, I, I mean, I have to uh, here. I have to give credit to Yvonne because he puts up with a lot <laughs> <laughs> from me. You know, Denise, is when... Friendship goes beyond just the emotion of being friends, uh, but it, it is something where you find like you you have so, somebody to fill you back with more knowledge, more experience, and kind of compensates all the weaknesses that we that each other have. Mm -hmm. This is amazing because we know the weakness of each other. Elena knows quite well what I'm going to do next. I know what she's going to be doing next, mm -hmm. but we recognize that without the other, we cannot have better. Mm. And, and that's the full point. There is friendship with a lot of objectivity. Mm. So we know when to count. We know that we can count on each other at any time, calling each other in the middle of the night when we have problems, replacing each other in meetings and, and, and so on. But beyond that, we know the strength of each other. And so we you know that it's not worthwhile feeling bad because 
Helena is, is an awesome connector, networker, or a saleswoman. Mm-hmm. Or a businesswoman, by the way. And she knows that she can rely more on me in, in everything that is tech or a little bit of numbers of whatsoever. So we know each other's role. It's like a couple that have been living together for 50 years. <laughs> but, that, but then building on each other's strengths instead of always focusing on the weaknesses. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so yeah. Okay, beautiful, beautiful story. And well, you already... is already gone, in fact. <laughs> Well, you also mentioned the the different countries. Um, so, why did you end up in Dubai? Was it a conscious choice to 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 also put Bestron as a company in in Dubai, or was it more like, well, we we live here, so we just do it here? It it, it is the the boring uh, uh, the boring story of saying we are already here. There is a bigger gap in in a country in an area in in a part of the world where the um, globalization is growing so fast, we felt that this is the right place, in fact, to implement like a kind of security for workers so that they cannot fall into the trap of mental health issues, mm-hmm. or they cannot, or we could do things better compared to the current training centers that, that, that there is in the, in the, uh, in the region. Mm-hmm. Myself, I was already here. I mentioned to you that I was uh, in the corporate world. I, I, I had a position in in the commercial area with an American company. So for me, it was easy to say, oh, I already kind of know this, what, how the corporations around the Middle East are working. So let's start by a place that might need it even more than mm-hmm. Europe or the US. Well, I'm not totally convinced if they need it more <laughs> because I think there's also a very big need in Europe and the US, but... <laughs> <laughs> But That's you know, something I also, that I also discovered a little bit later, Dennis. It is mm, true mm-hmm. that in Europe, it's not the story is not that awesome either. No, 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 absolutely not. <laughs> and, and I have to add, like the the UAE in particular, you know, it does have a very much, especially Dubai, that entrepreneurial kind of uh, vibe, and it's there is a lot of support um, from from government entities, from just the you know being in an expat driven community. It's it, it's it really does offer great opportunities to connect with the right people to establish the right the right kind of network to to really make an impact um and having lived in the US one of the reasons that I found UAE attractive is because I said and again I I was I was thinking same as Avon that maybe the US is quite developed in this area etc and yes it is to an extent but there's still a lot of work to be done which I recently just found out in the last like I don't know probably year year and a half that actually there's a lot of need in other places as well, but UAE was just a natural starting place. And it was, again, it's the impact that we can make there in a short amount of time um, is, is quite significant as well because yeah. of just give, giving the, the style of the country, the kind of support that you get from the government and, and things like that. And it was quite amazing, Dennis, that the government, in fact, has a strategy for mental well-being and happiness mm. and that in fact helped us a lot at the beginning in order to to start developing our, our, our own solution in order to support well-being at work in fact we got sponsored by the government mm. to start the work and that was amazing a government who is helping that yeah. there are not so many no 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 mm. indeed 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 exactly exactly and is it also that you can start uh, there more let's call it in in a green field instead of changing the the old habits that were already installed 
don't think so. Hmm. I, I think that yeah. the, you know, we, we are in a global world. Imagine a country where it's 10% of the population are locals and the rest are coming from mm. different parts of the world. Mm. So it is quite mixed. So whatever is done in Europe, in the US, arrives so quickly here, it's yeah. not that green anymore. So it is yeah. like, there, there is already like a mix of the world mm. that makes it quite interesting mm -hmm. uh, in terms of diversity and the potential, in fact, to have impact uh, in the lives of people. Mm -hmm. Clear. Well, nice. And then... Well, we already talked a bit about that interaction between the both of you, but then I think it's it's more or less the same for all startups. Um, well, how challenging is it to be the founder of a startup with very big ambitions? That is the, the, the most important challenge that uh, that uh, we have got, maybe at different degrees, but the, in, in a similar way is that when you have been working in corporate for a, such a long time, your brain becomes formatted. So we know that there is a lack of practice to be like agile, to adapt to changes quickly, or we need to embrace this risk uncertainty that you have when you, you are a startup, because you are always running against this measure of how much money are we burning today? And can we cover it with, with the revenue? So we are constantly reinventing the day. So every day we, we do like mini experimentation to see what works, what, what not. Something that you cannot do in, corpora in corporations that is processes every single day. Mm -hmm. The risk is not there for you. The only risk is that if your company goes to back bankruptcies, to adapt your mindset to that, it was like a, a big, uh, a big change in our in, in our, uh, our life. And, and that's something that we are learning in our way, but it has become critical. In fact, for uh, for, for us, this adaptation to in order to to reach a scale, uh, impact the life of more people, it has become critical because we have this, this number, this number that we have in the sticker in front of us and it's one million, two years. Yeah. And that is the obsession that is going to drive us to continuously improve, to unlearn whatever we knew from our previous experience mm -hmm. because it is worthwhile. Yeah, yeah. Well, it almost sounds as if the the vision is is that big that you almost forget the struggle around it. <laughs> you just want to have that vision. It's an obsession. It's an obsession, as Ivan said earlier. Yeah. And you don't feel it, you know. And this is the thing that we, you know, we we sometimes forget that we're human as well. And we said, okay, we 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 love what we do, right? And we're excited every day. But Ivan uh, mentioned, you know, I think the mindset aspect is the um, is the most important part of it. Um, it's just being able to kind of manage and check in with each other. And we, we, we try to do that from time to time and, and just make sure that we're, you know, we are taking care of our well-being while we're trying to make an impact on other people's well-being as well. Right. So, and I think that's the most important part and the rest is just, uh, it's just natural. It comes natural. And, yeah. and, and do you really succeed in that? Because that's, that's a bit of the, the same story as the, the, the doctor who is smoking himself. <laughs> <laughs> I would okay. say I think we do okay. It, it is what we don't believe that uh, that we are perfect at at continuously de delivering for ourselves this process. What but we believe is that it, I, it is our mission to have this approach of continuous improvement. So today we are going to fail in something in a goal that we have fixed for our, uh, ourselves a short. Uh, short-term goal, but we are continuously in this 
what doesn't change is that we are continuously in this loop of, okay, I learn about what happened to me, I measure what, it, what it happened, and let's decide if I have to pivot my, my strategy change. So we live, we apply what we learn, we are not 100% successful, otherwise we would be superhumans. Mm. And, and by the way, that helps also some of, uh, uh, some of the people that we work with is to tell them with sincerity, mm. we cannot always win and, and we are not doing it in a perfect way, but we are in the continuous mind, mindset of the Kaizen approach that we apply to ourselves mm. is going to help us become better. Yeah, absolutely. I totally fully agree with that one. And um, it's like I always say to my clients, well, in, you know upfront that you will fail and you know upfront that you will derail at a, certain at a certain moment, but it's not about that failure and it's not about that derailment. It's on how to get back on track as soon as possible. And mm. as long as you can mm. do that and you can do that in a very efficient and effective way, then you're all set to go. Yeah, yes. Totally, Dennis. You summarize it exactly the, the way uh, the, the way we feel it. Yes. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Now, um, I, I, I said you almost forget about the struggle. Then, of course, I know that's not the case because <laughs> every day is a challenge to get to that one million, of course. Um, now, if there was one wish that you could make, one thing that could make life a little bit easier for you individually or for the company, then what would you choose? That's a big question. <laughs> <laughs> You're working so if hard you want, that you I forget can to, to think about it. I really have to think about that one. I have to be careful what I ask for. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Uh, I, I don't know, Ivan. What you got? <laughs> so, listen. If we look at, at, at our path, so we have this obsession, but but our focus has been always being in this area of delivering quality and verifiable results, right? The numbers so that we can show to the customers that what we do, it looks a little bit weird because it's not a traditional thing that they know, mm. but it has uh, it has re, uh, re, uh, resolved. So in, in our biggest um, challenge, in fact, is to, to, to be able to scale up what we do to more people. Uh, while, of course, we are entrepreneurs without burning our money because if we burn our money we cannot achieve uh, our mission so it is about finding <clears throat> ourselves that during this growth that we don't lose this mission that we have this um, passion that uh, that we have because we either if we are too focused on the scale then we may lose our the soul of vessel mm -hmm. and what what we want is to what our vision would be to have this level of awareness where we know this thin line between I don't lose the focus, but we still can scale up what we what we do. Mm. And I think that's kind of the, 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 the thing that is always behind of my mind. We grow. Yes, it is. Uh, it is nice. We have more impact. But what if we lose the soul and it becomes a big mm. thing that nobody can control anymore? And it's because it is not about making the money. It is about impact. But it's going to make me die satisfied of my life. It is the impact, not the money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I really loved your answer. And it reminds me of one of my uh, my clients that I was working with last year. Uh, it was also a startup and they started full of passion. But then after three years, they in some way lost that passion and 
My job was just to bring them back to their passion. And then suddenly a lot of things came out again and, and things started moving again, which is natural, of course, because it's all driven on that passion. And especially in the startup world, you absolutely need that passion. Um, so I, I, I think it's a beautiful wish of your side, Ivan, to uh, yeah, to wish to not lose, lose that passion. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Very beautiful. I, I'm going to go with that, that answer as well. <laughs> Can you stop copying me, uh, please, Elena? <laughs> yeah, we, we already have an indication of how it works. <laughs> nice. Well, you, you already mentioned it, Ivan, that uh, you're scaling, you're growing. Uh, so how does the, the future look for, for Besseren? And then what's the impact on, on your personal roles? Hmm. Another great question. <laughs> <laughs> These are big questions, Dennis. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, do, do you I think that know. your 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 personal roles within Besseren will will change? Um, certainly, and it's part of also the the ambition is that if we are successful at, at partnering, because even if it People might be our employees. We call them partners. Uh, if we are successful at, at, at partnering with the right people who has the same type of passion and, and sense of purpose with, uh, with our company, people who fall in love with our company, uh, we, we will be able to decrease the amount of, of work that we have uh, that is directly done by us. Because today we, we put our hands in every single thing despite of that we have or not the skills sometimes. <laughs> like in social media, I may not have all the skills, but I have to verify, I have to check if things are, are, are in line. And what we want is this story of, of having people who have the same passion, the same love for the purpose, so that we, we have the time to, to, make, to accelerate this scale up that, that we're dreaming of. Mm -hmm. uh, that's something that is, it would be, one of the, the mini challenges that, uh, that we have and we would like to to get rid of, of, of doing a lot of things that we have in our uh, in our hands today. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think but that's the challenge of, of most, right? I think that's a challenge of most entrepreneurs is how can you, you know, how can you let go of some things? How can you kind of delegate some things to, to people that are as passionate and as in love with your company. And I don't know if it's doable. And this is what, you know, I mean, it's not, not, not doable to an extent that, that you, we would do it, you know, and it's just, I, I remember I read something somewhere like you can't expect, you know, people that work with you to, to love your company as much as you do as the founders. So I think that that's the kind of, you know, but how can we align with partners that, have the same kind of aspirations and visions and that want to make the same impact so that we can focus on making that larger impact because as entrepreneurs where we're like Ivan said we're just we're doing you know from a to z essentially mm -hmm. um and I, and i think that's that that's the challenge but it's also that's how we grow and we learn and we we create something from scratch essentially mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But, but it's part of the the legacy that we want to leave is that we have Mini Elena's mini events that can expand uh, this uh, this mission that we have. We we were quite lucky now that we we started the expansion in Europe, by the way, mm -hmm. uh, to find a person who is totally matching in terms of our values, our work ethics, and the the missions 
she is completely in love. So already this step it is we have taken, but the wall is is big, as we say. So to find all of these people to to help us reach that is going to be still a little bit of a challenge. Yeah. Again, I really love the answer, and especially when we combine it with the previous answer of not losing the passion, um, then I then I see it evolving in, into something, and now I'm going to, to rephrase it in my own words, of course. Um, now you're you are full in-depth in, in everything that's happening, uh, but once the company grows, you want to become more as the, I would call it, the passion manager. Mm. Exactly. I love you that. You got it. That's that's your new title, Ivan. <laughs> the passion manager. No more managing partner. Chief passion officer. Right. Yeah. I love it. Love it. Okay. Well, I'm setting out the future for Besseren here, so. <laughs> love it. Great, great, great. Okay. Well, we're uh, coming uh, to the end of this this podcast and this interview. I really uh, love the answers that you were giving. But to to close things up, I'm going to ask one more big question. <laughs> so be prepared, um, <clears throat> because it's something that I see with many ambitious leaders. That well, you have that strong vision, you have that big vision for the world. It also comes with a very big social responsibility, and especially for you, if you really want to aim for that one million people that you want to impact that is a big social responsibility that you carry on your shoulders um so what is what are the things that you yeah that keep you awake in the night <laughs> um elena you want to go or i go <laughs> you go first i have a feeling what Ivan's gonna say though <laughs> uh, things that uh, keep me awake in, in the night so let's look at it step by step so at a personal level so <laughs> keeping track that i'm a good father that's what keeps me that's my personal this is the selfish event who just wants to be a bloody good father unfortunately i didn't have one i didn't have a good role model so that made that made me the person that i am that i'm obsessed by this particular thing mm. uh, <clears throat> Second, well, it uh, also uh, makes you very human, of course, because you say it makes me selfish, and selfish, Yvonne, but I think yes. it's very human as well just to be exactly. the father. <laughs> and despite influencing one million pe uh, people, I think it's even more important to influence your children. Yes, exactly. To be to know how, how is your sphere of influence needs to start with the people around you, the people mm. that are going to make you as strong as possible. And mm. looking at my two daughters and looking at my wife also, sorry for that, <laughs> it will, it, it's going to make me uh, stronger. Mm -hmm. The second level would be more about this ambition that we have mentioned for uh, for Besson, that this impact that we want to have within two years. Um, and what else? So then there is the, the, the world. So will... And something that I am continuously thinking, uh, uh, I guess, is part of this French European education that I that I got to think about big things uh, in a dreamy way. So is to understand is if, if the world is going to understand that money is not a goal, but uh, but it is the the goal is to be fulfilled. Mm -hmm. So that's something that worries me uh, because. Money is the driver of a lot of injustice and fairness around the world and is the root cause of many things mm -hmm. that have 
corrupted many beautiful things, uh, some like religion, like like power, uh, like the inequalities in the uh, uh, inequalities in the in the world. So, money is the root cause of a lot of the evil in the in the world. Unfortunately, I'm not a communist, but it is. We we need to be aware about the, the root cause of of, of things. Mm. So, but if the world understands that it is about being happy, or I don't like the, the word happy as such. I know that you use it a lot, Dennis, uh, in, in in your company, but I, I don't like it because. It, it, it seems a little bit abstract. It's, um, it's about this sense that I I did what I had to do. I I, I have succeeded to to reach my uh, my goals that are meaningful for me. And and you don't have to be like happy, like smiling, but satisfaction is already a good step forward. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely, and I, I totally agree with you. And I, I also think that the the, defin- the general definition of the word happiness is perceived in a wrong way, um, because there there exactly. is a big difference for me at least between enjoyment and happiness. And enjoyment is for me much more about that that pleasure and about smiling mm-hmm. and the fun factor and all that kind of things. But happiness for me is something that is that comes really from deep down inside yourself. So yep. yeah. We're totally on it, yeah. And what about you, Elena? What are the things that keep you up at night? Um, I, I think in terms of the the Western story, I think I'm very much aligned with Yvonne and that. On a personal level, for me, I think it's just being, I tend to be a workaholic. Um, and for me, it's just making sure, like, am I giving the relationships in my life the attention that they deserve? And I think that's, it's very easy to get so caught up into your work because I love it and I can, you know, Yvonne knows I can work all all the time and not even feel it. So, and am I giving the people like my friends, my family, am I giving them the time? And that's what keeps me up at night, to be honest, is because I wake up and it's continuous guilt feeling between, you know, take taking a break from work essentially right and and giving time to your family and then feeling guilty because you're like oh but Bester needs me and then when you're with you with Bester and you're like oh but my family needs me so it's just like this continuous you know and, and it's and and I think it's just it's just how it is and I think that's you know I feel that this is a challenge for many people mm-hmm. in that case whether they're entrepreneurs or just work in a corporate I think that's just continues but I think it's just that that continuous guilt feeling of, am I giving enough to both sides? Mm-hmm. So that's what keeps me up at night. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And again, that makes you also very human again, uh, because as you mentioned, it are indeed the very, the very normal things. And that's, that's a very beautiful way to end this uh, conversation or do end this interview. Uh, because in the end, no matter how big your impact is, it still is also about those little things in life as giving the right people the right attention as being a good father and everything combined, everything together that will make you happy in the end. Indeed. Okay. Well, thank you very much for your openness. Thank you very much for uh, for sharing everything about yourself, about the company Besseren, and to give us an, 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 a bit of an, an inside view on how things are going and how things are evolving. Uh, I really love the conversation, so I can't appreciate you enough. Thank you. Thank you, Dennis. Thank you. And have a great time in sh- uh, shiny uh, London. <laughs> <laughs> indeed, indeed. Thank you very much. Thank Bye. you. Bye. Bye.
outro. This podcast is made with royalty-free music of bandsound.com.